This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be buried in an avalanche? Weird foreign feeling of despair. Or how it feels to crash a skydive? I remember hearing a thud, feeling my body hit the ground. Or how you would react if you were being attacked by an alligator? At the end of my leg is this huge alligator head on my leg. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a victim of an attack dragging me into the bathroom and saying, I'm going to kill you, now you're going to die. You'll hear from a man who discovered a baby. How could this be? How could there be a baby on the ground? And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Clinky County 911, there's a man at my back door. He's trying to get in. What Was That Like is a podcast about real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, prophecy and eerie parallels between ancient Israel and modern politics in America. When the Clintons lost uh, politically, they called for counselors, but not biblical counselors. They called for New Age counselors. Two of them were called priestesses. The First Lady, Hillary Clinton, brings them to the White House. And in the White House, they have sessions. And the sessions that they have are literally channeling the dead, speaking to the dead, conjuring spirits. And, and the woman who's overseeing them, she actually had the First Lady, Hillary Clinton, channel a dead person. This podcast is brought to you by Paranormal Contractors. If you suspect you may have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, you need to call Paranormal Contractors. 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Now, you'll have to forgive me. I'm in a bit of a celebratory mood. My beloved Toronto Maple Leafs defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins 5 to nothing last night. And we did it without Austin Matthews. And we did it without the still unsigned William Nylander. So, all is good in Leaf Nation. After dropping two in a row, we're back on the winning track. I think... Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is here for the first of a two-part series on prophecy. Is it possible that a blueprint from ancient times holds the secret of our times? Is it possible that this mystery lies behind current events? The rise and fall of leaders, governments, and global happenings. Could events that transpired 
almost 3,000 years ago be determining the news of modern times and with it the issues of our lives? Could the people who lived in this ancient template match up with and hold the mystery behind the leaders of our day and who rises to power and who does not? Is it possible that this ancient paradigm has determined and is determining the timing of current events, and in some cases even down to the exact dates? Could a mystery from the ancient Middle East have foretold the course of current events more accurately than any pole or pundit? And what does this ancient paradigm say and portend about what is yet to come, our future? Could it even contain a warning, critical for this hour and crucial for all to hear? This story is laid out in shocking and amazing detail in The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times by New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn. Uh, we are about to begin a journey of nearly 3,000 years from a, an arid Middle Eastern landscape to American soil, from ancient palaces to the White House, from ruthless kings and queens to mysterious priests and priestesses, secrets and scandals, idols and gods, prophets and holy men, signs, portends, uh, wonders and harbingers. Each of these things holds a mystery that has determined our world and touched our lives. Jonathan Kahn's earth-shattering book, The Harbinger, became an instant New York Times bestseller and brought him to international prominence, followed by two more bestsellers, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and the Book of Mysteries. Long before these books, he was known for opening the deep mysteries of Scripture and bringing forth messages of prophetic import. He leads Hope of the World Ministry, an international outreach of teaching, evangelism, and compassion projects for the needy. He also leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel, a worship center made of Jews, Gentiles, and people of all backgrounds, just outside New York City in Wayne, New Jersey. He's a much sought-after speaker and has been called the prophetic voice of our generation. He's spoken at the United Nations, on Capitol Hill, uh, and to millions of people around the world. He's a good friend of the program, and I'm honored to call him my friend also. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? Great to be with you. Always, always a joy uh, to be with you, Rich. Um, Good, good. I mean, I uh, have some crazy things that happen every time a book releases. Every single time I've released a book, something crazy happens. Uh, with Harbinger, was Hurricane Irene swept through four feet of water in our building. We were, had no building for months. Uh, the mystery of the Shemitah, the, the, the moment of the release, I'm rushed to the, to the emergency room, paralyzed for a week. I remember that. Mysterious yeah. illness, and then it vanishes. Well, with a, I already told people, listen, get praying for this one, the paradigm. Paradigm, the day of the release, I have intense pain, rushed to the hospital, my uh, appendix ruptured, uh, surgery, emergency, canceled all interviews as well, and so that's, that's how that was, that was just a few weeks ago, but you know, the good news is that, I mean, I'm, I'm doing great, um, but the, apparently, you know, the book didn't need me, because it made it to the top ten uh, New York Times with Hillary Clinton's book, so it doesn't need me, that's a good thing. Well, somebody downstairs is trying uh, his, exactly. his darndest to keep you... Uh, from getting this word out, but uh, exactly. we, we've all seen the movie. We know how it ends, and it's yeah. the good guys who win. Absolutely. So, I, I got to ask you about you know you do so well in the New York Times uh, bestseller uh, list, and I got to be honest with you. I'm, I mean, your books sell. There's no question, but that the New York Times would admit it to me, I guess, is a big mystery. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, and and there are. 
you know, there is editorializing in that list because they don't do it by straight numbers. And so uh, the last few times there was kind of a fight about saying it wasn't going to be on this list and they're not going to put it on this list and not put it on this list. You know, I'm not judging the motives, but I've heard, you know, but that's what happened. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I mean, thank God they did it. You know, I, I've, I've always ended up on the list, even when there's been a fight about the thing. But then, you know, the numbers put it there, you know. Um, but sure, they yeah, can't there, ignore there it. Are, there are some books that have numbers that don't get there. So, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. it's been a fight at different times. Well, this is just a testament, no pun intended, to the appeal of your work. The numbers are so big that they simply can't deny it. And for them to deny it, they would just look foolish. So, here we have the paradigm. Well, let's define some terms. What do we mean by paradigm? Yeah, sure. Yeah, paradigm, a lot, of, a lot of people use that word, Richard, and a lot of people don't know what it means. You know, paradigm is a pattern or an archetype, a model, um, a, it could be a foreshadow of something that is to come. And so the, God, in the Bible, you know, there are paradigms all over the place. God uses uh, paradigms, symbolic paradigms, prophetic paradigms, symbols, you know, sacrifices, holiday, holy days, even foreshadows, you know, people who foreshadow other people. And, and in fact, it says in Corinthians, it says, you know, uh, Paul writes, he says that these things happened in Israel's history as examples for us. Well, the word example in the Greek is tupos, or type, which also means paradigm. So, the, the, in other words, what's in the Bible, what happened to Israel relates to everybody and everything in some way. God uses it. And the paradigm, the, the paradigm itself, is, you know, you gave a great intro before, but it's, it's, it's imagine they discovered a, a master blueprint that lies behind everything, lies behind what's happening now, from ancient times, from the Bible, from, from almost 3,000 years ago, yet it's coming true now, yet, it, you know, it's, it's detailed, it's precise, it, it's what is happening, the events of our lifetime, also the timing of those events down to the years, and in some cases the month, the week, in some cases the exact date, in some cases the hour of when these things have to happen, all in this ancient paradigm. Even the people of our day, you know, the leaders on the national stage, that imagine that if behind each of these, these key leaders, there is an ancient leader, a prototype leader, and this, the modern leader, is following in the footsteps of that ancient leader. And the ancient leader even gives the time that the modern leader is, all, is allotted to on the world stage. So it's, it's eerily, you know, in many ways it's like the, power, the, the harbinger in that you have an ancient mystery that is unfolding, replaying now. Uh, but the difference is, and it's, it, they're actually linked together, but the difference is that, you know, the harbinger is, is showing the signs of warning that, that from ancient Israel that are happening now. But the, the the paradigm is 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 saying like everything else is we're, we're in, it's almost like we're inside a harbinger. Everything that we're experiencing is part of this ancient mystery. Right. It, you know, it, rem, it it reminds me, and you point out that the circumstances. Let's say we're talking about individuals, for example, a king, and the way that he uh, rises to power or leaves power does isn't an exact. You know, it's not a mirror image of what happens in modern times to a particular politician. Uh, it, it reminds me of that old Mark Twain saying that uh, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's, you know, it's, because, you know, people have been saying that, you know, there, there's a scripture that in Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, things happening. Um, and yet, it's not only, yeah, it's not only that it's, it's kind of replaying in a modern form or a modern pattern, but it's, 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 there's something, I mean, I, I know you, you, you've been, you know, you've been reading it. It's beyond natural because when it, when it, you know, comes together, when it coalesces, it, it's so, it gets so exact or so eerie in, in these key things, again, to give exact 
dates, or or even in some cases, it, the, the ancient paradigm gives the parameters of the name of the modern leader on the world stage. So it's it's I mean it's eerie, and I believe this is I believe I mean it's more than natural. It's I believe this is the hand of God, just like with the harbinger that things are replay, and because there's a message, it's kind of it's telling you not just what has happened and what is happening and where we're heading, but also it's it's kind of giving God's commentary on it. Like what what does this mean? Where are we? You know what is the value of this? Where are we heading? What's the warning? Because there's a warning there as too. There's an encouragement, but there's a warning concerning the future. Northern Israel, the kingdom of northern Israel. At this time, of course, the Holy Land is divided. You have Israel and Samaria in the north, and you have Judea in the south. Um, what set the scene for us in terms of what's going on uh, in in the northern kingdom? We have King Ahab and, and uh, Queen Jezebel. Explain a little bit about who they are and what's going on in the kingdom at this point. Yeah, the 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 big stage setting the big stage here. The, it's it's the same. Now this is the same setting as in the Harbinger. You know that it's the Northern Kingdom again. This is a, a civilization that knew God was founded by God, founded on His ways, but then turned away from Him, and so enters a time of apostasy. Starts driving Him out of its government, out of its culture, out of its out of its public life. Um, it begins to call evil good and good evil. Begins to um, offer up its children as sacrifices. Begins to to uh, to serve other gods and idolatry and materialism and immorality and you know it starts persecuting those who are still following God. So you have a, a civilization in apostasy. And the first thing, the the big picture, and then it's going to get very specific. That's the the big picture is this falling away, this metamorphosis, this thing, this 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 civilization that's changing. Well, is so with America and so with the Western world. You know that the foundation of Western civilization has been you know you have the gospel you have a biblical foundation and what we have been witnessing in the last you know century i mean you know it, it's a mid-century on very clearly very brazenly in america and in the west is a is a massive falling away from those foundations the driving of god out of the public square the the calling good evil and evil good the the you know all things the the even the offering of children you know in in you know they say well how can you compare what happened with they offered it to idols well yeah they offered thousands we've offered millions with of unborn children, so so we're we're replaying that big scene that that the the overall setup. But it's, it's now it's going to get very very specific, and that is that they start worshiping a god called Baal or Baal, and Baal is the god of materialism, prosperity, but also sexual immorality, and also obviously the offering up of children. They did that to Baal. The Bible says it, and so but what happens is it reaches this apostasy reaches a stage where suddenly it accelerates and it deepens and it deepens because of the rise of leaders who come to the throne who are going to actually they're going to be a catalyst for this thing and they're going to suddenly the the kind of anti-biblical morality is going to prevail over the biblical morality it's going to be endorsed from the throne and you're going to have literally you're going to have a culture war happening well it, it, the same thing is going to happen in america and it's going to touch the rest of the world i know many people are listening from canada today but it's going to touch everybody and what happens is about about a quarter century ago you have a culture war in america and it's linked to the rise of a of a certain leader now in the bible the leader, and this is the first, the first kind of paradigm of a leader here, uh, is he's called the king in the book, and he is Ahab or Ahab. Ahab is a man who he was raised. Actually, he he knows the culture, he knows of God, he knows of the ways of God, but he is 
he champions values that go against God. He's a divided man. He's, he's an apostasy. He wavers back and forth. He's an emotional man. And he's the first king of Israel to pioneer things that have never been pioneered from the throne, meaning the worship of Baal, meaning that means child sacrifice, that means sexual immorality. In other words, to give these yeah. things royal sanction, they'd been, they, yes. this, this, the worship of Baal and the sacrificing and the, the, the sexual depravity yes. in the temples had been going on in the shadows yes. for a long time, but now it has become so normalized, it's part of the culture. Yeah, exactly. What was in the shadows comes out, and that's exactly it. Now it becomes, now it, he, uh, Ahab allies the state to these things. And so it begins a, actually a war or a culture war and a persecution. Well, could there be a modern leader that follows this pattern? Well, well, if you go back about, you know, about a quarter century, you have this thing called the culture war, early 90s, and with that is the rise of a leader who's associated with the culture war, and his name is, of course, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is going to follow that, and, and listen, let me say before I say anything, else. It's not about the people. We, we need to, you know, we have no enemies. We pray. The only thing we, we do, we love and we pray for all people, but we've got to recognize what's happening. So he is going to follow the paradigm of Ahab, and what's going to happen is he's also a man who is raised knowing about God, raised in the Bible Belt, but he's going to champion values that go against the Bible. Most notably, he's the first president in American history, and really in the West, who champions abortion, which, which in the ancient time is linked with child sacrifice. He, ch- he champions the Redefining of, real, of, of morality. He even says it. We are redefining the the, the unchangeable ideals. He, we, he says we're we're changing morality. Right. And like things like late term wavers back and forth, emotional and all that. Right. And and in the book, there's a chapter in the paradigm. There's a, there's a chapter called the Days of the King. The question is, when did Bill Clinton come on the national stage or the world stage? Well, the answer is it was 1979 when he was elected governor of Arkansas. That was his first major thing, and he he went from governor basically to president. So that was 1979. When did his time end? It was two, the, January 2001. So you put it together, you got 22 years of Bill Clinton. 22 years. If you open up the Bible, you open up to 1 Kings 16, it says, And Ahab ruled in Samaria for a period of 22 years. The same period, the, the days of Bill Clinton will follow the days of Ahab down to the year. Remarkable, uh, and, it's gonna, and, and, and Richard, it's going to be with every single. It's going to be like every single leader. That's that's what we're going to see. It's eerie, but you know he wasn't alone. You know, as we know, Ahab was not alone. There was another with him. And again, it's not about the people or their motives, but it's about the signs. Her name was Isabel, and we know her as Jezebel. Right. And she grows up in Phoenicia, outside of it. And she she's the daughter of the priest of Astarte. This is a, a goddess, so she grows up with goddess worship. She has cosmopolitan values. It's a different culture than. Than Israel, she venerates female power. She she goes to she moves to the land of the king, which is more conservative. But she never adopts the the values of Ahab's land or or of Israel, and she refuses to. She sees traditional values as something to be overturned or warred against, or she incites her husband to go with this. She she, she sees the religious beliefs of Israel, those who are faithful, as something she's got to change. And they actually have a co-regency. It's the only one in Israel's history where it's not just the king; it's king and queen. They're both ruling, and she becomes, Jezebel becomes the primary champion of child sacrifice. Well, 
what does this correspond to? I mean, you don't think it's, it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is going to follow the pattern or the paradigm of Jezebel. And it's not saying she knows what she's doing or this is conscious, but she's going to follow it. Number one, she, she grows up in a cosmopolitan culture. That's Chicago. Right. She, she venerates female power. You know, not, you know, and she, obviously, she's radically feminist. She will, she will actually move to the Bible Belt to, to marry her husband as Jezebel moved to Israel, but she's never going to accept the, the beliefs of that. And she's going to see traditional values again and again as something to be warred against. She's actually going to make a statement. I mean, it's an amazing statement. She says, deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. She's the only candidate, major candidate in, in American history or Western history, whoever would make something like that. She will be, as Jezebel was the primary uh, champion of Baal worship or child sacrifice, Hillary Clinton will become the primary champion of abortion. And, and it's not, that's not an opinion. Planned Parenthood actually votes her the champion abortion champion of the century right and her her health care plan Hillary care which went down in flames yes. part of that was tax-funded abortion uh, and also under her uh, under uh, President Clinton he vetoed late-term a ban on late-term abortion not once but twice so yeah absolutely and, and that is and you know and it, it seems kind of it seems like that like, how could they even do that and partial birth abortion Vetoed it when when the Congress passed it. I mean, partial birth abortion. But then again, when you look in the ancient paradigm, you know what was happening on the altars of Baal was horrific. I mean, re- you know, really horrific. And so was this horrific too. And so under this the Clinton years, it becomes abortion becomes championed by the state. And actually, you actually have a new phenomenon. You have Christians being arrested, put in jail for praying. You know, on the grass of abortion clinics and all this. Well, that's exa- you know, you, you just mentioned Hillary Care, which is basically forced. You know, forced participation in abortion. Well, that's exactly what Jezebel did. But it's going to get even more eerie. And there, there's a there's a chapter in the book called The Goddess. Right. Now, Jezebel, you know, she worshipped the, the Phoenician gods. She worshipped Baal and these goddesses. And it says in the Bible that she actually brought the worship, the, these, these priests of the goddesses, into the throne, into the palace. Now, the worship that they, they partook of, which Jezebel told, it involved uh, conjuring of spirits, involved speaking to familiar spirits. We know it from a number, a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, and, and basically a kind of channeling of spirits. And so we, we have that. Now, could this possibly have a modern fulfillment? Now, it seem crazy that it could. I mean, I mean, you know, it, I mean, how could you have it? It would mean that in some way you've got this pagan worship being brought to the White House. Well, it happened, and what happened was, and this is this is the chapter called the Goddess. And what what people don't realize, when the Clintons lost uh, lost uh, politically, they they called for counselors, but not biblical counselors. They called for New Age counselors. They had a meeting at Camp David, and then that of, of New Age counselors, and and two of them were called priestesses, and one of them, uh, the first lady Hillary Clinton, as in the paradigm, Jezebel brings priestesses to the palace. She brings them to the White House, and in the White House. They have sessions, and the sessions that they have are literally are literally channeling the dead, um, speaking to the dead, conjuring spirits, and and the woman who's overseeing them. I mean, this wasn't just meetings; these were sessions. Um, she actually had the first lady, Hillary Clinton, channel a dead person, and they you know this actually leaked in the news. And they tried to cover it up. They said, "Well, it's just brainstorming." It wasn't brainstorming. The the one the woman whose name was Jean Houston, who was called the high priestess of, in the New Age of the God, wrote a book at the time all about endorsing God. Goddess worship, and she actually, when she was in the White House, she had a medallion on her chest, which was of an ancient 
goddess. And in her book, she describes the sessions that she leads, and it's called, she says, you're talking to the gods and talking to the goddesses and talking to the dead, and that's what happened in the White House. And in the, in the book, she actually mentions the land of Phoenicia, which is Jezebel's land, and she mentions the goddess Astarte, or Ashtoreth, who was the goddess of Jezebel. You know, the Bible condemns. Right. So you have all this happening, and I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton knew what she was doing, but nevertheless, it all took place in the White House. Jonathan, you mentioned that Hillary Clinton was, was uh, taking part in this and that she channeled someone was it was it the, the supposedly the spirit of eleanor roosevelt yes it, yes it was that yes it was and that and richard that's how it that's how it came out in the into the press and they said and so they started saying the big thing seances in the white house and then she, and then they all of course denied it and said no no it was just brain that's not brainstorming brainstorming is when you you throw out ideas she was literally speaking as a dead a dead first lady absolutely and and it was it was part of these sessions and i actually had to get the book i mean i didn't want to get the book got the book that this woman wrote at the time and she describes all these things this was the same thing the same practices of jezebel's worship you also quote a um a radical feminist in 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 your book the paradigm the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times uh talking about uh abortion as being a sacrifice to the goddess astarte well, well, yeah, the same people don't realize this, you know, because the connection, I mean, is very deep, and and meaning that what modern abortion, the key radical abortionists have 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 all these statements. It's in it's, it's in um, I think it's a chapter on the days of the gods, and and in it there are these amazing quotes where these people who are famous radical, you know, leading abortion, they say abortion is a sacrament. It's a holy thing. It's a sacred thing. And one of them says, we're, it's not a, it's not an immorality. It's a pagan morality. And we are offering up sacrifices. The abortion is a sacrifice to the ancient goddesses. And you, you have this throughout. And so there's a real spiritual thing going on, and we are replaying it. And I mean literally replaying it. Hey friends, want to become a supporter of this podcast and my other projects? Go to patreon.com forward slash The Conspiracy Show and consider donating. There are three different donor tiers to choose from. Truth Seeker at $10 a month, Whistleblower at $20 a month, and The Star Chamber for $50 a month. For more details, go to patreon.com forward slash The Conspiracy Show. And depending on which tier you enroll in, you can participate in exclusive monthly hangouts on air and live chat. You can also qualify to enter monthly draws for terrific Strange Planet swag. Your proceeds help me and my small crew to continue bringing all of the great content you've been enjoying on Conspiracy Unlimited, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, and my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show. Please consider becoming a Patreon donor, patreon.com forward slash The Conspiracy Show. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is here, the author of The Paradigm, The Ancient Blueprint That Holds the Mystery of Our Times. Another interesting uh, sort of parallel or paradigm that uh, that connects uh, Queen Jezebel of Israel, the, the Northern Kingdom, with Hillary Rodham Clinton is that in both cases, after the president leaves office, Bill Clinton leaves office, and after the king is killed, King Ahab killed in battle, 
both Jezebel and Hillary Rodham Clinton, they don't just leave the scene as per usual. They both kind of linger and hang on there. Yes, and we're going to get the paradigm is going to take Richard's going to take us all the way up to exactly where we are right now. I mean, it's going to be everything, including I mean, including Donald Trump, and it's going to be right where we are right now. But yes, we're going to go through all of that. All right. So the nemesis. Yes. Uh, you have a chapter dedicated to the nemesis, and again, this goes back to King Ahab. Yes. And his nemesis, who was to the east across the uh, the Jordan River in, mm-hmm. in modern day Syria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Le- go ahead. Yeah, what happens is that, that in the, you know, in the reign of Ahab, the man arises who becomes a threat, becomes a, a nemesis, an arch enemy of the nation. He threatens the nation. He threatens that he's going to invade it, threatens it with destruction, comes from the east, as you said. He speaks a Semitic tongue and he threatens, he, he actually gives threats in a Semitic tongue. And actually the, the paradigm actually gives the parameters of, well, he has a name, but he gives parameters of the modern one. What this would mean is that in the days of Clinton, there will be a man who rises up, outside of America and outside of the West, and he is going to be from the East, and he is going to be a threat to the nation. He's going to threaten invasion, and his name is, of course, Ben Laden. And the thing is that in the paradigm, the ancient nemesis, the name also, the, it begin, it, the parameters are B and N. It's Ben in the, the, the Hebrew or the, or the Arabic. It's, it's the same word, Ben. His name begins with that, the ancient one as well. He's going he's gonna to actually, of course, he's going to attack America. And the thing is that but what happens is... Is in the you read the account of Ahab and and actually Ahab God gives God gives his enemy into the hands of Ahab Ahab decides to release him let him go that's going to bring the you know, God rebukes Ahab says now there's going to be calamity in the land well could that be that actually Bill Clinton had the opportunity to 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 eliminate Bin Laden and the the answer is absolutely the uh, 9/11 Commission found out that he he had the chance to eliminate Bin Laden and he chose to let him go it didn't happen once it happened nine times. Times, which resulted in 9/11, and that it's going to be very crucial because the next thing that we're when we I don't know if it's when we come back when we get to it's the paradigm is going to get so exact it's going to give us exact days dates that so much so that if we had known it if I had known it and I didn't know this until this year Richard this when it came to me if we had known the paradigm uh, we could have actually marked in our calendars the future events that to the day they would happen years in advance. Yeah, and it's going to continue, Rich. I mean, it, this is going to go into. I mean, this is going to. This is going to go to to even. It's going to the paradigm. It, it, when we get to it, it even gives the will give the timing the the way that Bin Laden will be assassinated and the timing of it. Um, so it continues and. And but but also there also the the days of the Clinton well, the days of Ahab and Jezebel weren't just days of apostasy they were days of scandal and there's key things about this that gives exact timing so so Ahab and Jezebel they they have a there there is not there is a personal scandal and it's the scandal of Naboth and where they actually they they break you know most of the Ten Commandments to get this vineyard they kill a guy bear false witness and the whole thing and then as Ahab is about to take what doesn't belong to him Elijah the prophet appears in the in the vineyard and pronounces judgment on Ahab, exposes his sin. Well, well, so the Clinton years, it means that therefore the Clinton years would be years not just of, of moral or, or of, um, you know, of, of apostasy or, or the a war against values, but actually personal scandals. So of course there was scandals.
scandals. That's what it was known for. The big one was the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He was actually impeached for it. Now, and, and also it involved breaking of Ten Commandments and all that. Well, well, the, the thing about it is when Ahab fell, and the, when the scandal took place, and when later on he was actually killed, in a, it was all linked to the tribe of Levi. He broke, Ahab broke the law of the Levites, and then he was killed. His reign ends in the, in the city of the Levites and all that. So could it be that a modern presidential scandal actually could be linked to this ancient tribe of Levi. Well, the name from the name Levi comes the name Levin. From Levin comes Lewin. From Lewin comes Lewinsky. <laughs> the Lewinsky scandal, it literally means the Levite scandal. Wow. It's the same people that's linked to the fall of Ahab, King Ahab. And actually, Monica Lewinsky was actually a Levite. She's actually from the tribe that's linked oh, to the fall of the king. But it, it goes even further, because the, when this scandal is exposed, of Ahab, it happens in the 19th year of his reign. Well, we, we said, when did, when did Clinton come on the national stage? Well, it was 1979. Add 19 years, it takes you to the year 1998. 1998 is the year that the scandal is exposed of the Clinton years. And it actually, if you take it exactly when, he, when Clinton was sworn in in 1979, it leads you to January 1998. January 1998 is the month that the scandal is exposed. So, I mean, and actually, it even gets, I mean, it gets even more so, because here's another mystery in the paradigm, and that is that, that when the, the king's scandal is exposed, uh, what happened? He, the Bible tells you how long Ahab has. He's got three years left until judgment is going to come to him, actually the end of his reign. The reign is going to come three years after the scandal is exposed. Well, we know when the Clinton years ended. It ended on an exact day. It ended on January 20th, 2001, at the inauguration. So if, what happens if you take the end of the Clinton years, go back three years, could it lead you, could it, could it, could it lead you to the King scandal? Well, if you go back three years, it takes you to January 20th, 1998, January 20th, 1998, is the exact day that evening the scandal breaks forth to the world. And from that day, according to the paradigm, the king or the president will have, will have three years. He has three years exactly to the end of the Clinton years. Remarkable. Remarkable. Jonathan, I just want to back up for a second because you, you, we just kind of glossed over what happened in the vineyard. Did you say there was a murder of a witness? Okay, I didn't, but I'm okay, Richard. You brought it up, so let's go there. Okay, there, there's another chapter called the Vineyard, and well, here, well, there, there was, and, and well, you're right. You know, I, I didn't get into the detail of this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out. Another part of the scandals of the Clinton years, well, well, the, the scandal in Ahab and, and Jezebel involves a piece of land uh, that is a, that is acquired illegally. The, the acquiring of it by the King and Queen. Well, in the Clinton years, you have you have the, the of course what, you have white water. That's the longest. Oh. Scandal. Oh no! I think it, I know where this is going. You have a you have the the acquisition of that land, which there are questions about it throughout the whole time, and you also have a man that's linked to it. The man in in the time of Ahab and Jezebel, his name was Naboth, and he and he ends up being killed. That well, you have a man named Vince Foster. Now exactly. I'm not saying I'm not getting into him being killed or not, but the point is prophetically, it's linked to the Clinton years. And the the chief guy dies. He was linked to Whitewater. He was the he was the keeper of Whitewater, the legal keeper, and he. Another thing about this is that Naboth, his name, you know, a vineyard is a place of fruits. Well, the name Naboth means fruits. So the keeper of the land who, the, who died was named, at, was linked to the land. He's named, his name is Fruit. Well, Vince Foster, his, you know, actually Whitewater wasn't a, wasn't a vineyard. It was forest land. Vince Foster, the name Foster means keeper of the forest. Oh, my word. 
Oh my word. Uh, how can, how can anyone listen to this and not connect these dots? I mean, this is not mere happenstance. It's, it's eerie. Like, like the Harbinger, it's eerie, except it involves everything. And I don't know if we'll have time on this thing or then we come back, but it's going to get so eerie that it's going to, the paradigm is actually going to, this is where I said, if you knew it, if I knew it, if you knew it back then, you could have marked your calendar. It's going to give the exact date, even the hour of, of really the most pivotal event of our lifetime. What, what is the mystery of days? Okay, the day here it appears. Here's what happens, and and just tell me if we run out of time. I'll continue in the next one. But here's what happens when when uh, when the king when Ahab goes to the vineyard, Elijah rebukes him, and actually it says the king Ahab repents. Now it doesn't last, but he repents. And so what it says is, is God says that it says because Ahab repented, I'm going to delay the calamity that's going to come on the land because of what he did. He's going to I'm going to delay it, and the delay is again the period is in the Bible. You can look it up. Is three years. So now you have it. You have another paradigm here. And that is from the from the day of the king's repentance until a calamity comes in the land, there will be three years. Well, did Bill Clinton ever repent over the scandal? Well, the, the answer is, well, first he denied it, then he had to confess it, and then finally he did repent. It was at a White House gathering of ministers. He said, listen, I've sinned. This is my repentance. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against man. And it was his repentance. So if you, get, if you take that date when he, he made that, that declaration of repentance, and at, what happens if you add three years? Could it lead you to something significant? Take the day, add three years of the paradigm, and it leads you to the exact date of September 11, 2001. Oh, my. The wow. ancient paradigm that, that from the king's repentance will be three years to the day calamity comes on the nation. And Richard it even gets even more exact, because when... Did this repentance happen? It happened in the morning. So it le- three years leads you to the morning of September 11th, exactly when it happens. And, and, and the White House event begins at 8.30 in the morning. So that leads you three years later to 8.30, the hour of 8.30, 9.11. Well, 8.30 marks the hour that 9.11 begins. Actually begins a, f- a number of minutes after that. And it was between 9 and 10 o'clock that Clinton made his repentance. Well, 9 and 10 o'clock is the peak of 9.11. Then the White House event ends at exactly 10.30. Could that contain 9.11? Well, three years later... The last event of 9-11 is the fall of the North Tower, happens at 10:29, and then comes 10:30, the end of the event. This is down to the day, to the hour, to the minute, where again, where, I mean, this is when nobody knew it, not even Bin Laden knew it back then, not the Pentagon, but if we had known God's paradigm, you could have charted it years in advance down to the hour. When, you, when you're putting this together, you're getting up in the middle of the night, you're going yes. to the computer to check it out, I mean, you must have just been getting chills up and down and that's, yes and, and and Richard that's exactly how that what I just shared with you right now actually the last two things happened in the middle of the night I'm on my bed it came to me it came to me on my bed I had no idea if it was true I got up go, went 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 to open up the bathroom put you put my laptop there when my wife is sleeping I start typing it in and it's exactly that I was blown blown away That concludes part one of my two-part conversation with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Now, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll give you a little tease of part two.
Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. And many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, part two of The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. This is the election where Hillary Clinton made that famous statement. It was her first speech as uh, in running for president when she said deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. Why? So that abortion can expand. Now, I cannot think of a more Jezebelian statement than that. And that was Jezebel saying that we have to overturn the religious beliefs of Israel so that child sacrifice can expand. So that was the stake. So then comes a surprise in the paradigm. And that is a man that actually Elijah was supposed to anoint this guy. So Elijah sends a young prophet to go to a military camp and to the message for one of those people. And the man's name is Jehu. Jehu is going to be the mystery of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to follow the paradigm of Jehu. And so he goes to the camp, and he says, i got a message for you, commander, and says to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, he's anointed you to become king of Israel. You're going to end the house of Ahab. Well, who was Jehu? Jehu was not a politician. He was, and, and so Donald Trump is not a politician. Jehu was a warrior. He was a fighter. Donald Trump is a fighter. He fights with everybody. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>